Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loaded. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. This is episode 21 of season 4, Hidden Gems of the Wii and MS-DOS. Yo, Liberty Flam, my man. General Andrews, my dude, it's so good to be back for another week. Another week of survival. We're yes. getting a little bit better. We're we're not quite, you know, 100%. I would say I'm like 99%. Dude, it feels back. like it's a constant battle between 90, 100% and 90%. It just fluctuates yeah. in between there. Because the God, this, this is the worst sickness ever. Even like <laughs> vaccinated and boosted like this. Yes, this right. Suck. This sucks. <laughs> I did the right thing. Yeah, what the hell? Exactly. And they're Are like, you kidding me? Oh, it's just like a tenth of what you would be. I mean, if this was ten times worse, I'd be dead. Because like you this do, is ten no- times worse. Yeah, that that I'd definitely be reassessing my entire life choices at that point in time. Because this was not. This is not fun. Because it's going on what two weeks for us now? Two weeks, and we're still yeah, not one hundred percent. Yeah, another day or two. Yep, exactly, exactly right. Uh, well, you know what is fun? Some of these hidden gems that we've been uh, mm. pulling up lately. And uh, we are now finally approaching the end of what we will talk about as far as uh, Nintendo line of consoles, hidden gems, specifically only because something like the Switch is just too new. Switch is too new, yeah. And the Wii U is is basically just the Wii 2.0. It was like the Wii on steroids, but like the dilapidated kind. Yeah. You know, it's like they, they, they were supposed to be taking steroids, but it didn't really work out that <laughs> well. Really so you're like, why out. is that guy taking steroids? Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. So th- that's why the Wii U, what we didn't dive into either, because pretty much if you were jamming on the Wii, you probably were already fine. Granted, though, I'm sure some people out there be like, dude, that was my favorite console, dude. It had like, this thing in the, it had the whole controller with the screen. The in controller it. and the screen, the pizza rolls at midnight. Bro, I was set. I was like, sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't, so I didn't sorry. mean to. I totally, you know, I, I let you down. That's all I can say. I let you down. Mm-hmm. So what we want to go ahead and jump on into here is the Wii specifically. And then we'll get into later. We'll be talking about MS-DOS. So when it comes to the Wii, one of the games that I thought, uh, the reason why I liked it, because it actually takes me back in time to the uh, original NES, was a game called A Boy and His Blob. Oh, baby. Now, I want to preface this before we actually start diving into the actual Wii game, is that this was not just a reskin. No, this was like a whole nother game. Right. Which it needed. Let's yeah. <laughs> A Boy in His Blob is definitely one of those prototypical NES games where you're like, because like, like when you had, like there were certain titles that we had when we were growing up, like not your Mario's, not your Zelda's, not your Mega Man's, where it was just like, oh, this game immediately, you knew it was a good game. Like you just, you could tell it was a good game versus these other ones. You really had to be like, well, it doesn't look that good, but it could still be fun. Yeah. That that was A Boy in His Blob. It could still be funny. Could be fun. Now, the original Boy is Blob was pretty rinky-dink and broken, and more so, you, you just 
go back to a time when life was simple and you're like, this game doesn't work. I can't beat it. That, that's kind of how that game felt. Yeah. It's like so, a spiritual successor to E.T. Yes, yes, exactly. It was like E.T. on steroids because now like, you had a little bit more going on in the game. There was some actual uh, world development or, or mm. I guess stage development, I should say. So there was more to it than obviously the really, really broken E.T. game from way back when. All right. But for those of you that don't know A Boy and His Blob, let's go ahead and give the whole plot here. It's super deep. It's rich with lore. It is just compounding, you know, life lesson after life lesson. So here we go. The planet Blobolonia is threatened by an evil emperor, and the titular Blob flees to Earth seeking help. It crash lands on Earth and finds the Eponus boy. They team up in order to dethrone the evil emperor first by completing a quest on Earth, and then by traveling to Blobolonia itself. Along the way, minions of the Empire attempt to stop them. And that's the entire, you know, plot of the game. Man, so riveting, <laughs> riveting stuff. It was so deep and well thought out. You're just like, man, I need more. I need prequels. I need sequels. <laughs> I need anything and everything coming from this game. Okay, but what, what was this game even like? Like, like okay, so I, I got the plot out there. But the whole point of this game is it was a 2D side-scrolling puzzle platformer. So you were solving puzzles. You were doing some platform action to actually help yourself solve these puzzles. And you were controlling a young boy, you know, and for half of us out there, give or take percentages, that, you know, that we felt related to that, right? Like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, this is cool. And I, I've, got, I've got this little alien creature who's kind of cute, right? And I'm, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to help each other to get past these various obstacles and let's go. So now this was the part that was the most important aspect of the whole entire game. The boy could feed the blob a variety of jelly beans. I like and jelly I don't beans. know about any y'all, but as a kid, I loved jelly beans. I still love jelly beans. Nowadays, I'm hesitant because I feel like every jelly bean's a goddamn trick jelly bean. Oh, those are the dude. I hate That's that. what I feel like nowadays. I always feel like it's a goddamn hugabaloo that I'm gonna just bite into something. It's gonna be puke. It's gonna be snot. It's gonna be <laughs> piss. I don't know. I, I'm just like ah. get bamboozled, fool. No, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want this in my life. Please stop. But original jelly beans. Growing up as a kid. I just, oh, man, I, I loved him. So this idea of the game way back when, back on the 89 original form, I was like, okay, cool. You know, th th this, this is awesome. So now other things that you do when you are playing this game, you are able to actually transform your blob into one of 15 different objects that allows you to actually solve the puzzle and defeat the enemies that might be on certain levels. So now that okay. would include things like ladders for climbing, anvils to drop on top of enemies. That was one of my favorite ones. Uh, holes that allow the boy to drop through platforms because that was also integral because there sometimes you were landlocked so you need to be able to get to the next area by dropping on through. And then like even cannons for shooting difficult to reach areas. Areas. Now, though, one of the things, though, that was different about the Wii version compared to the NES game, uh, which was this. Let me let me catch up here. Hold on. Holding. 
That's right. Okay, so now instead of you having to memorize the jelly beans, it actually showed you on a wheel oh. what the bean was going to do. So you you didn't waste beans. You weren't like, what the hell is that? No, I don't want a hole here. We need to get all the way over there. Like stuff like that where, you know, you, you get a little frustrated because you, you, you didn't know. And the jelly beans on the original Nintendo were so, like, they were like two pixels wide. Oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. Like, they were so itty-bitty. You know, you can see them really easily, right? <laughs> yeah, so easily on that really dark black background, you know, perfect, perfect. Uh, but <laughs> but but besides the transformations that happen, uh, the boy himself would would die like I would if I touch a hazardous object or if I fell from a great height, you know, and that would send you all the way back to the beginning of the area. Now, not like real life, because if that happened to me in real life, I'm probably getting sent to the hospital and not, yeah. not the beginning area. Uh, but the game was split into four worlds, each containing 10 levels and a boss battle. So each world, you'd have a boss battle. You didn't have a boss battle after every single level. Yeah. There was also a chest that you could find that would have unlocks for additional challenge levels if you wanted to do that. And uh, you get rewards uh, that the bonuses uh, that would give you like concept art and storyboards when you would clear it. So... Did you have to do it? No, but like some of the things were really cool. Once you cleared it, you got that additional thing. And that's why the Wii version had much more depth to it than the original. But without the original, does this one even exist? Probably not. That's my take on A Boy and His Blom. What a take that is. I can't believe that was Thank on the you. Wii. I know, right? How cool is that? Good old re good old Nintendo rehashing old NES games that didn't work the first time. You well, get that's them out the thing. You're right. Time. <laughs> that was the key. Didn't work the first time. It was one of those ones that I know if it was not for the Nintendo Power, I never would have played the original. Yeah, absolutely. But the Nintendo Power, the way that they presented it, they really got you saying, I got to try this game out. I got to do it. I got to play it. And I did. And some <laughs> days I regretted it. <laughs> but nowadays when i think about it i'm like you know okay cool let's just bring back nostalgia like i feel good i remember when i was suffering as a child this is nice yes, yeah this is fun i love this <laughs> uh, but the overall idea of this game was supposed to be very heartwarming and friendly overall mm -hmm. when you were combining the aspects of the two of them working together especially because one was an alien that literally just liked jelly beans it's like, okay, yeah, we'll work together. I can do some cool stuff, you know? Yeah, just give me, just keep feeding me the jelly beans. I don't want to have to eat you, kid. Now, the problem that happened from this is, is kids started feeding their dogs jelly beans, hoping they would turn to ladders and cannons, <laughs> and it didn't quite work out that way. Darn. No, it just gave them diarrhea. Yeah, it just <laughs> gave them really messy stool, but, you know, we all learn. We all Live learn, learn, right? <laughs> All right, enough of a boy in his blob. Flippity Flam, what are you bringing to the table for the Wii? So this this game came out uh, in 2009. Okay, perfect, just like this one did. Yeah. Perfect. Probably, like, definitely both closer <laughs> to the end of the Wii's lifespan. Ah, so hopefully that means think, it was a banger. I think that is, yes. This one was because this, this game was called Mad World. It sounds cool already. It was very, very different it's because it was a mature title, right? Got a mature title That's a on big a Nintendo deal. system. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, keep going. That's a big deal, though. That mature title or label that would be stuck to a Nintendo game. Whoa. Yeah. It was all it was all made in black and white. And it's still like it's still a beautiful game to this day because of how they how they did it, how they hit a lot of the Wii's technical inadequacies through doing it in black and white. 
and then red, mm. red for the blood, because you're you know a, I love that a chainsaw <laughs> wielding maniac that goes around, and it's it's not beat 'em up style. It's definitely like a Doom sort of style where you go around and you just kill everything. I mean, that sounds really really cool for. Right now, I have no visuals on it. I'm just going off the words that you're describing. So this definitely has to be one of those hidden gems because I don't even remember this game having any uh, ad space. No, they did not advertise it very much at okay. all because, okay. uh, you know, Nintendo, this was published by Sega. On no heckin' way. Uh, yeah, it was developed by uh, Platinum Games, but it was published by Sega. Wow. And it's a, it's a beat-em-up hack and slash is what it's technically called. Okay, okay. Is that what Doom's considered? I think so. Yeah. Okay, okay. So let's see. The plot of this game. Three days before the game's event, the fictional Varigan City became a target for a group of terrorists called the Organizers who severed the, the island city's transportation and communication ties with the rest of the world. They released mm -hmm. a virus onto its population that would kill them in less than a day. However, the Organizers informed the populace that any person that killed another would receive the vaccine. Oh, what? <laughs> Now that it's so interesting because in this day and time, day and age, what an interesting concept to be put as a game, right? Yeah, because before it's like, oh, that wouldn't happen. That that's so far fetched. It's all it's a it's a fantasy, you know, plot line. But then you go and put it into today's perspective, you're like, that doesn't seem too <laughs> it's, far. It's like it's not far off, and that's what hurts, right? <laughs> it's called Mad World, and instead of like it's. Man, I, I walk by this one sign that somebody has in their um in their lawn, right? Not like a political sign or anything, uh -huh. but it's kind of like in that style, right? And it says, make make new world fiction again. And then I think about that every single time I walk by. I'm like, wow, this kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, this is a little yeah. way too true and on the nose right now. Yeah, I don't like that my fiction's becoming nonfiction. Yes. Stop it. <laughs> I don't I don't like this at all. Just like any anime I watch, like it's cool because it's not real. I don't really need there to be yeah. demons wielding fire and, and yeah. destroying stuff every single day. I don't need that. Sorry. Mm -mm. It's cool to watch because it's not real. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's such a good point. So this this game was definitely in like the the graphical style of like Frank Miller's Sin City. Oh, that's cool. Okay, right? okay. Those sort of graphic novels and whatnot. I, I like I like that stylization. I think it's really uh, it's pleasing for the eyes, especially when it's what the plot that you described. Yeah, it just it, it really fits. And oh my goodness, Greg Proops, the guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway, is the, no way. Is the, the announcer. Oh, Howard Buckshot so cool. Holmes, Greg Proops. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's so cool. I because I remember him from the original. Whose line is it, anyways? Yeah. Before they, you know, before uh, Drew Carey had his version or whatever of who line, whose line is it, anyways? And I, he was making guest appearances on that one as well. Uh, but I just always remember him from doing that type of uh, was that for what? What kind of comedy is that considered? I don't anyway, know. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, that's cool that he's the uh, actually the good narrator, improv the, company. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that, there you go. Now, he, did you see he was the narrator or he, he was, was the announcer? announcer Got of, it. Like the okay. game that they made out of it called Death Watch. Got it. Okay, okay. And that's how you were able to earn your vaccine. Yeah, was through Death Watch through and kill Death somebody Watch else. and kill somebody okay. to get your vaccine. Sheesh. <laughs> I may have to go back and play this again. 
You're like, actually, just... I'm itching right now. I'm I need itching. that vaccine real quick. I need huh? that vaccine. I need to get better. <laughs> this is how I get over COVID. Is I <laughs> just gonna go kill something in a yeah. video game, and I'm I'm good now. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> That's right. Oh my goodness. Was there anything else on Mad World that we need to know? No, go play it. Go find a way to play it. Just That's do it. okay. I'm digging that. All right. All right. Well. Since those out there are probably left to go play that game because you, you sold it pretty darn well. Uh, what is our MS-DOS one that you, you're going to be dropping on us? Folks, we are going old school now. We are transitioning away from the Nintendo consoles, and we're, we're going to hit some of these old school games from those those days where you had to type in backslash C colon. Right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, man, if you've never felt more boomer than you have right now. <laughs> Uh, if you typed it just wrong, error. Error, yeah, nothing. <laughs> Wait, nothing happened. Right? Oh my oh, I goodness! Dot, I typed dot ex. It's dot exe. Exe. Oh, no, and it's off my C it. drive, not my D drive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, what title are you dropping on the faithful folk out there today? So, this isn't particularly. I mean, it's a little bit of a hidden gem, I would say. Just because a lot of people didn't think... Like, it wasn't advertised very well as, like, a Star Wars game, right? Right. And this was Dark Forces on MS-DOS, where you play as as Dak. I think that right there, what you said, as playing as Dak was the aspect of where... if you, Unless you were a Star Wars fan, or you're just someone who happened to... Like, hey, I see this game. Like, I know for me, I saw that game at Costco. Yes. And like, you know, they had the PC section, you yeah. know, right when you walk in before you go to the rest of Costco. All right. So I would see that there. And I would, I was, I would looked at the back of it. I'm like, this is really cool looking. I got to get this game. Yeah. And if that wasn't the case or you weren't a Star Wars fan, I agree with you. I bet this is a hidden gem for most people. Yeah. It's actually not Dak. It's Kyle Katarn because I, I had to look that up. I'm like, oh, does it oh, seem right? okay. Because Dak's the one you play in the N64 one, Shadow of the Empire. Oh, that I was like. Uh, that's why I was like, I was going with it because I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I played as Dak before. Okay, but right, different, yeah, different, different one, Star different okay. Star Wars. Dang it, they got me good again. But man, this game just brings back so many memories of like, because a, it's you know, it's in the Doom style, right, where you got the gun very in front much. of you and you shoot the very pixelated like move, like the two to three frame per second. Yes, guys, yes. that you walking at you. I'm like, other than other than some of the mission titles, and then the fact that you fight like actual stormtroopers, it's very much like doesn't seem like a Star Wars game. It, it definitely feels like Star Wars cusp. Yes, like like you're on some side mission while you know Luke and Leia and Han are somewhere else in the galaxy doing thing you do, but you need to get this part done. You're mm -hmm. trying to help the rebels. That's what it felt like to me. Like that's how I was envisioning myself. Like, oh, I gotta get my stuff done so they can do what they're doing. You know, like that. That's how I would take in this game because obviously, like we said, you're not any of what most people, especially back then, would have considered Star Wars characters. Yes. Yeah. So one of the levels, I want to say, I want to say, like the third or fourth level in, would freak me out. Is, is it when 
the sewer Go monsters, right? Yes, yeah, the sewer was, monsters, that was man. The freaking oh. worst. Oh, let me tell you, and the, the claustrophobia of being inside some oh, of those man, sewer tunnels. Some of those sewer tunnels. Oh, it was so bad. Because, like, in the movies, you only see the eyeball, right? And then, like, yeah, a tentacle. And this game's like, no, we're giving you full frontal. This is what they look <laughs> like. And you're like, God, no, this is the worst. These things are so terrible. Scared. They're terrifying because they're just like mouths of teeth. Oh yeah, and, and they don't like. It's not like oh, it's gonna hit you once, you take some damage, and it goes away. No, no, no you need to kill it or run from it. Those yeah. are two options. That's it. And no, it would no. disappear back into the water or, yeah. or whatever you want to call that murkiness that was in. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, so terrifying. That was that was not great. <laughs> I hated those. I hated that level. <laughs> it was also like very dark everywhere too it was that was one game i remember uh messing with the uh on certain levels i would definitely change the brightness yes yeah because you kind of had to because of the way that some of the layering was like you know they would have they would have black they would have like light black they would have gunmetal yes. gray and it's like i'm like okay i know you're trying to add some like some layers here but i can't see anything I can't see. it all just runs tell. together i'm so yeah it was so hard to see some of those like pathways where you were supposed to go because they just you give you like one, oh my God. one thing to go, but there's like the same pattern on the hallway is on like the same wall that would look <laughs> that you would look at. So it just looked like the same freaking wall. It would just blend right in. I'm telling you, the amount of times I would go in circles in that game. Oh yeah. Was tremendous. And not the good tremendous. <laughs> like, oh, I know where I'm going now. No. I was constantly lost. You know how I knew I had gone the right path? How? New enemies showed New up enemies? over shooting yeah, the <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't been here yet. <laughs> oh, here we go. This this must be right. Because <laughs> that's one thing I thought was cool, too, is that the bodies would be like crumpled. Yes, yeah. So you would know if you'd been there. You would still know that exactly like Doom. Like, it's definitely... Yes very yes. doom-esque in that era but of it, video games it was it was really it was a, that's that's a great gen they bring up because that was a lot of fun back then i don't think i beat it without the cheat codes i did not 100 as, as beat that kid. without the cheat codes yeah because some of those levels like it scales really hard dude when you actually have to fight a dark trooper oh it, it takes like almost all your ammo from like the Best guns you have. Yeah. Even kill it. They were like, it felt like they were impervious for the longest time. Yeah. I almost felt like it was impossible to beat them. You know, I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't beat this guy. You just got to avoid this guy. You know, you got to find a way not to get in this room. Like, if you get in this room, you're stuck. It's over. No, you can beat them, but you're, you're, like you said, you are bleeding all of your ammo to hopefully got <laughs> <Gun> it down. <laughs> you're like, oh. do I need a lightsaber? How do I beat you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what other aspects of do we need to know man they did make a sequel they did make dark forces oh, did 2 they? yes how'd that one turn out was it good it was pretty okay they actually gave you a lightsaber and whatnot which was kind of ah. mad. oh but it, okay but it wasn't that cool darn it. it wasn't that great no i mean dark forces then turned into like jedi outcast if you remember those games interesting okay okay that's where they that's where they went with it 
gotcha. part of the series, the, the Star Wars Jedi Knight series. You know, the more you say it, it makes sense because like that was probably what was redeeming about the original Dark Forces was that there was no lightsaber action. Yes, yeah. At least for yourself. You know, I can't remember if there was any other enemies that wield it that you had to kill at another point. Because again, I don't remember actually earning my way through the end of the game versus, you know, put on the God code or whatever it was or unlimited ammo or something, you know, so you're just always using your best weapons and, and gunning through. But uh, yeah, that that's what probably made it so good is that you did not have a lightsaber. A lightsaber, right? Yeah. Very good point. Now I'm eager. I'm eager to know what your MS-DOS game is. Well, I hope you're ready because we are about to dive into the descent. Descent is set in 2169. Giggity. The story begins with a briefing between an anonymous executive of the PTMC and the player's character, PTMC's best material defender, who was hired on as a mercenary basis to eliminate the threat of a mysterious alien computer virus infecting the machines and robots used for off-world mining operations. The game progresses through the solar system outward from Earth. After defeating the boss on Sharon, the material defender is informed he cannot return to the PTMC's headquarters in, in Earth's orbit, as there is a chance his ship may be infected with the same virus as the defeated robots. His employer also mentions that the PTMC has lost contact with their deep space installations outside the solar system, hinting at the events of an eventual sequel. So this game was a ton of fun way back when so now this game came out in the year 1995 so now for those of you that might not have had a pc that's for their ms dos you know you could have also played it on macintosh as well in 95 then eventually uh playstation ports the game in 96 so people might not have played this on the pc like i remember this game but i didn't play it on the computer well you, you're probably it, right wow they put it on the playstation too that's kind of cool. yeah because it was one of those one this is definitely a game if i remember correctly that do you remember on playstation when you got those trial discs you would get like 10 15 20 different games but you got like one to three levels yeah this was one of those games oh. that they did that with and then obviously when they got the feedback, I don't know how they got our feedback back then because you're not like, right. you know, not like the forum boards you have nowadays or the, the, the Twitters and the Instagrams and all these other things or TikToks where people are able to like get that word out there. And they go, oh, here's our information now. Um, but therefore it's like, okay, this is popular. Boom, let's go ahead and make sure that game goes out to the PlayStation and they actually put the full game on PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, this was one of those games that made it on those little trial packets. Oh, wow. And that's because I, I remember when I played it on the computer and just, you know, being so obsessed with this game that I was like, wait a second, I know that game. Like, it was, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, you're not going to seek one by me. I already <laughs> know this game. <laughs> nice try. You know, <laughs> that's what I definitely felt like. I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. So this game was so commercially successful. Wow. Like it, it, the I it was the reason why it was so simplistic because it was popularized as a subgenre of FPS games. Yeah. And the reason why is because it gave you six degrees of freedom. And for those that don't know what six degrees of freedom are, that means the ability to where you're able to scroll your camera and still be like you're still actually utilizing your 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 normal abilities in the game. Wow. 
So a lot of the times when you're playing a lot of the, the original like 3D games, really you're looking left, right in front of you yeah. and maybe you do a turnaround move, not in Descent. Descent, you had those four degrees and you had above you and below you, so it gave you and everything in between. too, like an actual. Yes, exactly. Wow. So it was really true 3D graphics back then. So you were actually existing in a 3D space. That's yeah, neat. you were actually existing in a 3D space. It was the, the controls were more than good enough for that time frame. You know, the only like, you might get stuck on a corner or an edge of something, yeah. but like once you got good enough, you knew to take those those corners wider. You knew not to like tuck up against and try to wrap around like you were, you know, a Doom character. Yeah. Right? He, you you know, you're a spaceship. <laughs> 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 and you're, you're trying to take on other and it was so cool is they had so many different robots right off the bat like within the first three levels you've already seen double digit different types of robots that you have to overcome destroy and some were super easy other ones were maddeningly hard to fight so where you'd have to you'd have to wrap around certain obstacles in the level and use those as ways to go ahead and protect yourself because if you just try to shoot them straight on they were going to win oh man because they were way more accurate than you were <laughs> boop, boop, boop. oh my god i'm dead already what the hell that's crazy this game was a ton of fun so anyone out there has a way of getting this game and again now if you're used to nowadays engines obviously this is gonna seem really rinky dink when you compare it to what the, <laughs> how things have scaled that's very but, true if you can even find a way to play it because a lot of those old games don't play very well that is very true too so hopefully this game does play well still i don't know that's one thing I, I can't say about the aspect but you know what was also really cool about this game what it wasn't just single player uh, you could do multiplayer no way yeah what? so now <laughs> this is what was cool about it as well so if you got bored of the you know, the, the 30 levels that you'd have to take on for this, the entirety of the single player campaign, you could do Descent where it would allow the Descent multiplayer, excuse me, yeah. and it would allow online competitive and or cooperative multiplayer sessions. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Right? So you, you would have a competitive sector that consists of anarchy, team anarchy, or anarchy with robots. And that would be a three deathmatch modes where players would attempt to destroy as many of each other ships as possible. Team Anarchy assigns players to two opposing teams. Anarchy with robots adds hostile robots to the match. So what that meant was you had your own teams and there'd be a third enemy component that would just come in and also try to interrupt and create extra chaos. It was usually ran by the AI of the game. Or That's obviously nuts. like a lot of people would play the cooperative. And you try to get the highest score by doing cooperative. Now, check this up. What maximum amount of players do you think you got to play with for multiplayer? Say that again. The, the Back then, it was a big deal to play with one other person. Oh, that's very true, yes. Now, maybe even up to four. This game allowed up to a maximum of eight players. Wow. I'd never even heard of multiplayer gaming back in that era until mech warrior right which also had I right. think, up to eight. also oh god another good game it's so hard sometimes to choose between some of these because some really of them are is. just there's yeah. so many good ones so many good ones that it was a big deal like i remember playing you know with someone or against someone when it came to do like an rts like a starcraft yes yeah or warcraft 
th again, that was one on one. Then eventually on StarCraft, you'd get your, you know, 1v1v1, one one one, you know, ideas. So it was such a big deal back in this time, just before those games started com coming out and going off, that there was the ability to play with eight players yeah. back then. Well, I guess yourself and seven others. That's it crazy. Was just, it was just so cool. Really good game. If you have an opportunity, folks, to check this game out and or play it with friends, you definitely should because there were so many aspects to this game. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna keep on going on it because we, we, we've already talked a lot of these titles to death. But there were so many power ups in this game that literally just when you when you got them you felt like you earned it like like, like you had gone through some training with your senpai and you had yeah. earned the ability to do this and you're like now i can actually like i can work on some of these enemies you know and one of my favorite ones this is the one i'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely say before we wrap this up were the proximity bombs oh just just like i loved in goldeneye 64 yes proximity bombs and then getting the ai to walk into it oh, oh the reward <laughs> proximity bombs are great it's a set it and forget it bomb it's... yes correct correct <laughs> oh here's one other one okay one other one that i thought was really cool because it was a concept i thought that other games could have utilized more but they didn't was you could also get cloaking devices in the game oh so if you wanted to not fight in certain areas and you want to kind of learn what was going on there first, go through there and kind of see what what do you have to deal with, you could get your cloaking device and therefore you'd be able to go ahead and sneak around. That's super, really super cool. cool. Super darn That's cool in this game. Neat. All right. That's it for today's Hidden Gems. Thank you, everyone, for tuning on in to another one of our episodes. Dreamers, thank you so much. Family, love you as always. And bye-bye.